You're listening to the Well-Tempered Wireless, and if you like a Gershwin tune, you've come to the right place. Today we're celebrating the 120th birthday of George Gershwin with a very special guest, pianist Kirill Gerstein, who joins us now from the Carnegie Hall Studios. Welcome, Kirill. Nice to have you with us. Good to be speaking to you. You've got a wonderful album out it's all Gershwin, and it's all terrific. It's called The Gershwin Moment, and uh, give me a little info on the title. Yeah, well, the title is, is plucked from the uh, liner notes essay that, that accompanies this uh, album, and I was very happy that important cultural historian Joseph Horowitz had agreed to um, to contribute an article for this, and uh, I think the basic... Uh, idea is if you look at the acceptance and non-acceptance of of Gershwin's music by the classical music establishment, and it was much, uh, his music was much quicker accepted uh, by the European musicians, Arnold Schoenberg, Ravel, Shostakovich, Klemperer, Heifetz, were very quick to recognize the genius of, of George Gershwin. Surprisingly, perhaps, in, in the United States, it took longer, and, and for, for quite a while, uh, Gershwin's music was rather snubbed uh, and looked at um, uh, sort of with a snobbish attitude as far as uh, accepting him as a, as a serious and important composer. And the Gershwin moment refers to the fact that in the uh, recent decades, and certainly in the last couple of decades, uh, Gershwin's music is finally accepted pretty much worldwide, and certainly in the United States, as uh, an, an equal to, to any other composer that you might encounter on a subscription program of, of an important American orchestra, but um, it's important and interesting to remember that that has not been uh, always the, the the case. And perhaps I'm from a lucky generation of pianists, where where as I was uh, starting my career, I think it was no longer looked at as problematic career-wise to 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 be seen playing. Gershwin's Concerto and F or Rhapsody in blue, and uh, and I didn't have to worry whether that would detract from from my credibility as a so-called serious interpreter of of um, classical music. And again, that wasn't always the case. So in that sense, uh, that's one of the senses in which this is now the Gershwin moment. And the other one being that. Uh, the idea of taking different and differing uh, styles and uh, uh, stylistic ideas and mixing them and making them into something that's um, unique and individual is 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 an idea that's very accepted now in 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 art aesthetics, in be it music or the visual arts, and that has not always been uh, the the prevailing view, and that makes Gershwin seem um, again quite modern. Right at the very beginning of your album is Rhapsody in Blue, uh, Gershwin's first uh, uh, foray, I guess, into the, the classical world, so to speak. 
but you've chosen the the jazz band arrangement. Yes, the version that 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 I recorded on this album with uh, together with the St. Louis Symphony and David Robertson, uh, the band version is the way or the orchestration that uh, was uh, heard at the at the premiere in 1924 at the Aeolian Hall, and uh, the regular symphonic version that we that we are more used to hearing is uh, is one that was then uh, made uh, at a at a later date and for m- to my ear and for my feeling the the band version conveys more the jazz side of the rhapsody and the the ethnic side of the rhapsody with Kletzmer being a prominent uh, influence in the rhapsody in blue and and those elements are i think uh, a bit obscured by sort of the posh and luscious uh, symphonic orchestration. So, so that was the that was the thinking uh, behind the the decision to do the rhapsody on this recording in the original band version.
Recorded in concert in April of 2017, Rhapsody in Blue by George Gershwin, the uh, jazz band arrangement uh, with David Robertson leading the uh, uh, St. Louis Symphony Orchestra and Kirill Gerstein, my guest at the piano. And even those of us and, and uh, who know this piece of music or think they know this music, uh, I think would have been very impressed with this. This is maybe the first time I've heard this where it's not jazz, it's not classical, it's just Gershwin. The, the way you play and the way um, Maestro Robertson uh, accompanied you uh, was, was just marvelous, was just nice and jazzy and loose and comfortable. Thank you. Well, I think this is this is a bit the idea that uh, it's great if the if the if the stylistic divisions are forgotten, and as you say, if, if it just feels like uh, like Gershwin or like fun uh, music to be listening to, then I think uh, that makes me very happy. Certainly, much more so than than if it's oh, this is very classical or this is very jazz. So I think the whole point of the thing is is exactly that 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 these. Uh, these borders are perhaps artificial. Well, one of your early influences, uh, and he's a guest on this album, is Gary Burton. Yeah, well, Gary, uh, I'm fortunate to, to, to think of him as a, as a mentor. He is somebody that I met uh, when I was 12 in Russia. And actually, because of him, I ended up coming to to the U.S., coming to Boston and studying jazz at Berklee College of Music, where Gary was a teacher, and I got to regularly see him and play duets with him, with piano and, and vibraphone, and uh, having grown up in Russia, knowing his, his recordings uh, that are numerous and legendary, this was uh, really a dream come true, and um, and after I left Berkeley we uh, we stayed in touch and uh, a few years ago I uh, I made a uh, concert program at 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 Berkeley and uh, Gary uh, played a few pieces with me and and one of them was uh, Oscar Levant's Blame It on My Youth uh, many of your listeners might know it as a as a jazz standard the idea was to include something by Oscar Levant because of how um, close and important his relationship with, with Gershwin was. And uh, Oscar Levant himself has uh, wonderful recordings of both the Rhapsody in Blue and the, and the Concerto Neff and was a terrific pianist, but also an, uh, an, a very talented composer, Few people know that he actually studied with Arnold Schoenberg, uh, who mm. also happened to uh, be a, a, a close friend of, of, of Gershwin. So that was the reason to include something by a composer other than, than Gershwin on this Gershwin album.
wonderful, lovely music from Oscar Levant, uh, Blame It on My Youth, Gary Burton on Vibes, Carol Gerstein at the piano. And there's another artist, guest artist on your album that is very popular here in Detroit. And for those of us who know her, all you have to say is Storm Large. Yes. Well, Storm is a, is a, is a, is a dear friend and as we all know, and, uh, incredibly talented uh, musician, singer. She and I met for the first time uh, when I attended a concert of Pink Martini and she was um, the lead singer in that program. Then once uh, when I was in, in Portland uh, playing with the Oregon Symphony, I, I called on her uh, as a surprise and asked, and asked her to come on stage and she sang and I played the summertime of, of George Gershwin as a surprise encore after Rachmaninoff concerto that I played there and then that led us to decide to do a concert sort of a cabaret evening of piano and voice with uh, different songs and American standards that had to have been an awful lot of fun for both of you. Well, I think so. And and uh, so the document of that fun is uh, one track from that concert, and that was recorded live at the Gilmore Keyboard Festival in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and, uh, and that's George Gershwin's Summertime.
The incredible Storm Large and Summertime with Kirill Gerstein from uh, his new album, Gershwin, The Gershwin Moment. One other artist I have to mention is Earl Wilde, who was a, a fabulous and I think terribly underrated pianist in this country, uh, who put together a series of etudes of George Gershwin's music. And, and you've, I'm so happy you've included some of them on your album. I agree with you. I think I think uh, despite the significant career that Orwald had, I think he is uh, an underrated American pianist. I think he was a great uh, pianist and uh, with very wide-ranging interests uh, repertoire-wise. And so his Rachmaninoff concertos or his Sharvenka concerto with the Boston Symphony and uh, he was also a piano transcriber and composer in in a, in a good old grand tradition. And these uh, etudes that are included on this album uh, that he called the Virtuoso Etudes on Songs of Gershwin, I think of them 
as Erwoud uh, instigating a meeting between Rachmaninoff's pianistic textures and, and piano devices and uh, introducing Gershwin's uh, melodies and harmonies uh, dressed in these uh, Rachmaninoff-like textures. And I think the pieces are very effective and, and very beautiful and very inventive. And uh, and I've always enjoyed playing them, as particularly as encores uh, in, in concert. And in fact, the three that are included in this album, Embraceable You, I Got Rhythm and Somebody Loves Me, are uh, encores after the performances of the Rhapsody Blue and the Concerto in F that, that are sort of the core of this album. his etudes with Kirill Gerstein on I Got Rhythm, the music of George Gershwin. I've been speaking with Kirill from Carnegie Hall, and uh, what a wonderful way to celebrate the birthday of one of America's greatest artists. I thank you so much for your time. Pleasure to speak to you. Thank you.